following podcast has adult themes and some strong language. Have you heard of Stanislav Petrov? If you haven't, look him up. His story is extraordinary. Not many people could say they probably saved the world. He could. Petrov was a duty officer for the Soviet military. His job was to register enemy nuclear missile launches and immediately report them so a retaliation could be launched. In the early hours of the 26th of September, 1983, he was on duty when he noticed something unusual. Remember, this was 1983, the time of the Cold War, so what Petrov saw could have been real. His computer readouts were telling him there was an incoming missile strike from the United States. Instead of reacting, as his training had taught him, he froze. He told the BBC's Russian service 30 years after that overnight shift, I had all the data to suggest there was an ongoing missile attack. If I'd sent my report up to the chain of command, nobody would have said a word against it. He went on to say, All I had to do was to reach for the phone to raise the direct line to our top commanders, but I couldn't move. I felt like I was sitting on a hot frying pan. Everything from the sirens and the readouts told him that Russia was about to be struck by clear nuclear force, killing innocents and devastating lives. Instead, Mr. Petrov called a duty officer in the Soviet Army's headquarters and reported a system malfunction. It was only later, when he didn't hear anything about the bombs, that he realised he was right, although he later admitted that at the time he was only 50-50. He lived 23 minutes with that decision, without knowing whether he was right or wrong. He died in May 2017. Of course, if this happened in 2020, duty officers around the world would know the President of the United States would never launch a nuclear missile attack. Wouldn't they? My name is Jessica J. Garner, and this is my life. Welcome to episode three of my podcast, and this week I will be exploring identity. A person's sense of identity can come from feeling at home in a place where you belong. I am from Cardiff, which is in Wales, which is in Britain and the UK, then Europe, the world, the universe and so on. To be Welsh means you have a big sense of nationality. Poet Brian Harris said, To be born in Wales, not with a silver spoon in your mouth, but with music in your blood and poetry in your soul, is a privilege indeed. It's beautiful, isn't it? And I know that I'm slightly biased, but true. We all have certain characteristics, apparently. We can all sing and we all love rugby. Well, that's not strictly true. We have a patron saint called Saint David. He cured a man of blindness. A proper saint. Not like the one that apparently slayed a dragon. England. Joking. If I'm honest, though, I'm not sure what the actual Welsh identity is. I come from a city... Just a few miles away of the valleys, further up the country's amazing shorelines. And further up again, they're big F-off mountains. I'm not sure how any of that is compatible. Plus, my mother had the audacity of not being Welsh. Could explain everything. No, it explains nothing. We also have another identity, which is 
were Celts. So we have some sort of affinity between Cornwall, Scotland and Ireland. It goes way back, I'm not sure if I really understand that either. I think it means we're short and have red hair. Maybe half of that is true. I don't want to get too political about Wales because, believe me, it's political. There's lots of good stuff too. For example, you should wear a red shirt on Rugby International Day and red looks great with my colour in. It was George Bernard Shaw who said, Life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. What kind of monster have I created? Someone called at Milkman Meme on Twitter did a map of Britain as if it was America. Someone needs a hobby. It was interesting all the same. Wales was California and Cardiff was LA. He said that if you know, you know. I didn't know. Has LA got its own version of Chippy Lane, Fry Avenue? Do a bunch of drunk Californians converge there on a Saturday night demanding a doner kebab with everything on it, including the sauces, and spend an hour picking out the tomato and cucumber? I don't know, I've never been there. To LA, that is, not Chippy Lane. What happens on tour stays on tour. I do know someone who has been to LA, and that is my mate Izzy. Izzy is English. She moved here with her parents when she was 16, or to a job her father couldn't turn down. She is fiercely proud of being a Yorkshire lass, and so she should be. It's a beautiful part of the world. She has chosen to stay in Cardiff, though, and has lived here longer than she lived in the place she calls home. Her accent is now more Cardiff than Yorkshire, but whenever she is animated or angry, her accent goes completely back to old dialect. I love it. You always know where you stand with Izzy. She went to Yorkshire one week and came back with a man in tow. It was Jason James who, I repeat, is not a superstar DJ. Now, if we are fascinated by the gorgeous Yorkshire lilt of Izzy, Jason James had a whole new accent. Let's call it Canadian because that's exactly what it is. They both claimed it was love at first sight. Uh I don't believe in that. However, it was likely to be another four-letter word beginning with L. Jason James was working over here and was out with colleagues She had just met some friends and their eyes met over a crowded pub. Both are confident individuals, so they were talking within minutes, kissing within hours, declaring deep admiration within a day, and living together in Cardiff within months. He had dual nationality within a year. So I asked Izzy about this map. She burst out laughing and I thought, well, that bodes well. She said it had all the glitz and glamour, but she said it had a reputation of being a shithole told her to behave herself. What I can make out, like any large city, has good and bad points. There's some areas of a man's wealth and others of poverty. Despite her insistence, though, I can't base my view on the vanishing at the Cecilia Hotel on Netflix. I always imagined LA to be a city full of beautiful people. It's one of the reasons why I haven't been. I hate feeling self-conscious. Izzy said it was an amazing place. Obviously commercialised, but her and Jason James are absolute film buffs, so they loved it. She said the people there were just amazing and cool. Part of me still thinks they were like that when you look like those two. That said, I should put on my wish list of places that was once, one day, someday, and now getting there before the next apocalypse. Finally, I said to Izzy, I think Cardiff should have been New York. 
She laughed for a full five minutes. Another form of identity is your family, your genes. My mother came from Ireland and my father Cardiff, as did their parents respectively. I never met my Irish grandparents and I've never been to my mother's birthplace. I don't feel the Irish part of my heritage, although it'd be wonderful to. I have been to Dublin though, just for the crack. Investigating my family history is not something I want to do. It would be too painful. I'm always trying to look forward. What can we learn from TV this edition? This week, I will talk about the British sitcom Gavin and Stacey, which ran from 2007 to 2010, but we did get a Christmas special in 2019. The series followed the long-distance relationship of Gavin, who was from Billericay in Essex, and Stacey, who was just round the corner to me in Barry Island, South Wales. It was written by Ruth Jones and James Gordon, who also played their best friends Nessa and Smithy. Not trendy or cool, but heartwarming and brilliantly observed, as well as funny. It brought together a wonderful cast. As the series progresses, the two separate families merge into one, with a wedding, a baby between Nessa and Smithy, and an ongoing mystery between Uncle Bryn and his nephew Jason. It has won countless awards and nominations for the acting and writing, like Will and Grace before it, which should have been called Karen and Jack, after the best characters, this should have been called Nessa and Smithy. So what can we learn from Gavin and Stacey? That you can make Barry Island look good on TV? Or people should think more about naming programmes? Or KFC can be sexy? For me, what you can learn is that normal, decent, working class, middle class people are engaging and you don't need big lives to have a good life. So some Welshisms for you. When somebody says it's down by there, they don't literally mean down. In fact, don't look down. They just mean it's there. When someone says but, it's of a term of endearment, as in, how are you but? It just means, how are you mate, buddy, etc. They are not admiring your backside. In 99% of cases anyway. When you want a coach, you want a loving hug. When you are tamping, you are furious. If you're going to do something now in a minute, you're probably not going to do it either now or in a minute. It just means it will be done shortly. Maybe. A dot is a small person, usually cute. Curry sauce half and half is half rice, half chips. It's also the food of God. How is that only a Welsh thing? Do yourself a favour and ask for half rice, half chips next time you have a curry. The last one, when somebody asks, whose coat is that jacket? It means they're taking the piss. Author Robert Brault said, Never mind searching for who you are. Search for the person you aspire to be. If you know any aspiring persons, please let me know. So I'm going to talk about Cardiff. Cardiff is so good, they named it twice. The city of Cardiff is in the county of Cardiff. Cardiff is the capital city of Wales, the largest city in Wales and the 10th largest city in the UK. 
Population is close to about 500,000 at the last count in 2020. Although we are densely populated and have, or will again, a thriving city centre, we still have the most green space per individual than anywhere else in the UK. Yes, we have some lovely parks. In January 2017, Cardiff was named the best third capital city in Europe in terms of livability in a European Union survey. However, Cardiff is more famous around the world for being the filming place of Doctor Who, Torchwood and Sherlock. So if you ever needed reasons to visit Cardiff, I hope I've provided a few. Just come, ignore the critics. You know, like me, who've lived here all their life and so finding it a bit old. Maybe you too can find music in your blood and poetry in your soul. Oscar Wilde once said, Be yourself, everyone else is already taken. I think that's extremely unfair. Of course, your identity isn't just about a sense of place. Would I be different if I was born elsewhere, in another country? Probably, but in this country, maybe not. It's just circumstances, isn't it? Maybe if I hadn't been in Cardiff at a certain time and date, then X wouldn't have happened. That's a philosophical argument, and honestly, I don't know much about philosophy. I don't know what a slide rule is for either. Well, I do, but I digress. There's the outer identity. I've already told you I'm single, never been married, I don't have children. You've probably made assumptions about that. I have issues with men, I have commitment issues, I'm gay, I'm infertile, I'm ugly. I'm not going to confirm or deny any of that. I mean, you're wrong. Well, maybe not on the last point. But who cares if any of it were true anyway? All identity actually is are the characteristics defining who or what a person is, the groups we choose to belong to, whether they want us or not. For example, I have been thinking a lot about ghosts lately, mainly how people from our past affect us now, but even the literal things that go bump in the night. Do you identify as someone who believes in ghosts? I don't need an answer. To me though, if you do believe in ghosts, then you know you're never going to be able to prove it. If we are to believe that a ghost is an essence of a person's soul, then there is no way that is ever going to show up on camera. If it's something you can see with a so-called third eye, then even if you were in the same room with another person and a ghost, you wouldn't both necessarily see anything. Maybe what you're seeing is an echo or an alternate reality or any other things that can or will be explained by science. Even though you know all this, you persist. It's who you are. I am a ghost. Not fucking literally. That's not going to be the surprise twist at the end. I mean that I'm not speaking to you live. I am living in the past. In my world, episode one hasn't gone out yet. No one has heard it. That could even be the case when this goes out. The first two episodes are uploaded and time to go out. I couldn't do it live. I would never hit that button. So, I am kind of a ghost. It would be terrible if something happens to me now and then. No, not thinking, not thinking that. How we identify with ourselves can change over time though. Are we the same person at 25 as we are at 50? Nope, we just feel like we are inside. We are learning literally nothing again. Finally, 
Here are a list of things I identify as. I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a child. I'm a mother. Actually, godmother. I'm a sinner. I'm a saint. I'm your hell. I'm your dream. I'm nothing in between. You wouldn't want it any other way, apparently. That's enough from me. It just leaves me to say, please come back. I'm not needy or anything, but please. Also, a lot of this stuff is from the internet. And did you know the internet can lie? You can find me on Instagram at excusejess and please let's do this again soon. Excuse the Jess was written and performed by Jackie J. Sarah. It is a deliciously bright production. If you enjoyed this, please click follow and give us a five-star review or donate via Buy Me A Coffee. All details, including full credits, can be found on the website excusethejess.com. Excuse the Jess.